Amen. Would you just lift those hands? Dave, I want you to come and sing a verse of the song, Here I Am to Worship. I sense the presence of God in this place. I know, my God, I admire you and I honor you tonight. Amen. And uh, you've been here and you press your way in. I mean, this is going on like the third week, right? And uh, you were only scheduled for a few nights, and, and we certainly didn't have this on our agenda. But how many know it was God's agenda? Amen. And how many know this is, this is where the rubber meets the road right here? Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I know you're tired, but we got to press in. Come on. Because there's a blessing that's coming. Amen. Some of you have driven a long ways. Amen. And you've sacrificed and you worked all day long. Amen. But you're here by the presence. Come on now in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I just want you to worship with us. And th there's a word in my spirit tonight. Amen. And I got to deliver that word in Jesus name. Amen. And, and, and you know, there's got to be a certain atmosphere. Come on now so that you can sow the seed of God's word. Can I get a witness in here? Praise God. Oh, no, this, this word ain't falling on deaf ears tonight because this is going to be the word that's going to catapult you to your next dimension. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Amen. Just lift those hands and worship him. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You're all together, lovely, all together. 
How much? To see hanging up on that cross. Give him praise tonight. Wow. God is good. Amen. How many come with your cup up ready to receive tonight? Right before I go into the word of the Lord. Amen. We're going to move quickly. I ask uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Allen to just come and just give a word of testimony. And Pastor Craig, just walk through the, uh, the door. Amen. Pastor Craig, amen. And we thank God for him. I mean, these men of God are driving the distance to be here. They don't just live right around the corner. Amen. And we praise God. Amen. Uh, that they're here. And we always honor men and women of God. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Allen, come and just greet this audience. Dr. Phil, you just come right on and Pastor Clegg, you, you come in right on time. Come on now. Amen. Preachers know how to testify. Come on, somebody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we was worshiping, I think it was the next to the last song. I don't remember what it was. I felt the glory of God just come all over me, and I about melted. And, uh, you know, when I think about his goodness and what he did for me, you know, God loves us so much. The Word tells us that He sent His only Son to die for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I remember, I, I, it's always good to remember and go back to when you met Him. And I met Him in a hell hole. It's a fiberglass plant in Little Rock, A.O. Smith Inland. Uh, dealing drugs on the day shift, breaking down pounds. Uh, snorting all kinds of uh, PCP and everything else on the day shift. I'm talking about witnessing murders that happened right there uh, behind my vehicle while we were smoking pot and eating chicken. God loved me. He sent someone to tell me about Him. And I'm going to tell you something. A young man, Assembly of God boy, invited me to a, a utility closet a place where they worked on uh, different things. They kept the brooms and what have you. And just out of respect for him, I said, okay, really to get him off my back. And when I walked in the door, he had the Bible in his hand. He greeted me, and I walked all the way to the back. And uh, there was a bench there, a workbench. So I turned around and flopped up on the bench. And when I did, everything went white. Nothing. Saw nothing, heard nothing. I mean, as clean as you could ever get it. And Jesus came and he spoke to me, called me by name. He said, Alan, I want you to live for me. I tell you, when God talks to you, it goes all the way through you. And uh, I said, God, I can't. See, I was raised in church. All my folks was... My grandfather was a pastor. My dad was a deacon. Raised in church. But I said, I don't want to play any games. I can't do it. He said, you don't have to. I'll exchange lives with you. I'll take your life, and I'll give you my life, and I'll give you abundant life. That's how much our God loves us. Amen. How much does it cost? I know how much it costs. I know exactly how much it cost. And I know how much His love is for us. So, tonight, let's open up our hearts because there's something that God wants to plant deep inside of us that's going to grow and mature. And when it does, it's going to produce much fruit. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, can somebody just give him a praise right now? He's worthy of it. Amen. You know, I was, I was thinking today about the Bible says in Amos, the ninth chapter, verse 13, that the plowman will overtake the reaper and the tread of the grapes. In other words, that the grape and the grain would grow faster than it could be harvested. And the word that hit my spirit was acceleration. And Bishop, I believe that we're in the season that God's accelerating things for His people. That's why revival is here. That's why it's so thick in this place tonight you can reach and touch it. I'm telling you, if you can't feel, if you can't feel just faith, but you can't feel what's in this house, what God's doing here tonight, then we need to check you out. Let's call the doctor. Come on, somebody. Because it's here. And I believe that God's going to accelerate some things in your life. And just the other night when you were talking about you know, like the prophet and the cloud, the size of a man's hand, I thought about that because I, you know, I got a spin on that. And, 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 and I kept thinking about seeing that cloud. And, and I said this to somebody. I said, you know, that cloud represents something. Somebody's looking for something and they're believing for a miracle. They're believing for a deliverance. They're believing for a breakthrough. But in that cloud, just the size of a man's hand that's coming. Come on. That signifies an abundance that's about to fall in the house in your life. Everything you need, everything you ever want, everything you ever desire is in God's cloud of glory. And if we can find out how to get in the flow. God will release the glory. And whatever you need, it's going to flow. And I believe what I heard God say was, He's going to accelerate it. Pastor, He's going to accelerate it for your church. He's going to accelerate it for your church. For your church. For your church. Churches. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe that. I want you to say this with me tonight. Accelerate. God, I'm ready for it. Come on. It's gonna come, it's gonna come faster than you can handle it. Come on, somebody. That's when you can do a spin and say, baby, this is too hot for me to handle tonight. Because I know God is moving in this place. Can you give the Lord a praise? Ah, thank you, Lord. Come on, Pastor. Amen. To Bishop Webb, to the pastor of this house, it's good to be here on tonight. I've been in revival all this week for Rainbow Revival that we had in Searcy. And I talked about different shades, but the same image. And what God is doing is bringing the body of Christ together. It's not about being black. It's not about, a be, about being white. It's not a black church. It's not a white church. It's God's church. God is doing a shift. When Bishop called me this evening and said he was coming, and God began to speak to me and say, it's time for things to shift. Many of us got to get out that first gear. You steady bucking because it's unfamiliar territory. But God blesses you out of your comfort zone. So you got to shift. Go to the next level. Shift. I'm going to say this quick testimony and I'm going to sit down because I'm ready to hear Bishop preach. Last two weeks ago, I just got married October the 12th. Went to New Orleans, come back. I'm at work. Had things swapped around, did some things. Money scattered all over the place. And I had a bishop, don't know who he is, Bishop Godwin, inbox me and just telling me that you're going to have a blessed Wednesday. He said, what it is that you want to do? I, and I told him I said full-time ministry because I know it's coming. He said, 
in 30 days. My 30 days is November 23rd. He said, in 30 days, you're going to meet somebody, and they're going to bless you with the finances to do full-time ministry. That was the first day. That was on a Wednesday. Thursday, I had a bill collector call me for my car. I was one payment behind on my car, and they just called and checking on to see what's going on. This lady named BJ. Now, you know when the bill collector call you, they fussing at you, talking about when you're going to take your money and pay them. Amen? Amen. Oh, don't, don't act like y'all ain't never had a bill collector call y'all. Y'all had to put something back. So the bill collector, instead of her fussing, she said, what's going on? I said, well, some things come up, you know, had money scattered. She said, oh, okay. And she said, uh, so, so I see that they got Mark saying that you was getting ready for a wedding or something and you wasn't working or something. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, oh, okay. She said, how big was the wedding party? I said, well, it was 13 bridesmaids, 13 groomsmen, big wedding. I said, but that wasn't the reason why I didn't have it. She said, well, don't worry about it. Cash coming. Now, this is a bill collector telling you that God is getting ready to bless you with some cash. Now, she's supposed to have been trying to collect money, but she tell me money coming. Y'all ain't catch that. Y'all, y'all, y'all really ain't understand. You got a bill collector calling you out the blue, somebody that you don't even know. Telling you that you about to receive some stuff. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready for whatever God got for me. And I'm believing in 30 days it's going to come to pass. So by November the 23rd, I believe it's going to happen before then. And see, that's where you got to walk by faith and not by sight. And what you said, Bishop, you said you, you, we may not have it in our hand, but it's coming. So I'm telling you, in this season... Walk by faith. Pastor, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to tell you this. In this new year, get ready. You're going to start seeing these pews being filled. Being filled. Not with church people. Not with the Pharisees and Sadducees. But folks who don't know nothing about Jesus Christ. Because sometimes them the best members you can have that don't that they don't have a form of godliness, but they got godliness. Do I? Somebody give God a praise. Come on, give God. How many believe that? Wow. Amen. I just feel like these men of God needed to speak a word, and God knows how to confirm his word, doesn't he? Thank you so much. Praise God. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to go right to the word of the Lord. Thank you, men of God. Thank you, first of all, for being here to help support this revival. But more than that, thank you for speaking the words of life. Amen. Amen. How many know faith comes by hearing? And hearing by the word of the Lord. Amen. If y'all can hold me right there tonight, that would be good. Praise God. The gospel according to St. Luke is where we're going to share. Amen. He got on that faith thing. And I'm telling you, you start messing me up because I'm going to be preaching on that tonight. Just about every word that came out of every man of God's mouth tonight. I, I just like the way God does it. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter number 22. Amen. It's a familiar text. And uh, there's two things I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to borrow from the book of Numbers also, amen, uh, Numbers 14:24. You can just write it down and uh, as we reference that on tonight. But Luke chapter number 22, verse 31, uh, where this is Peter's denial foretold, and uh, this is where he denies the Lord, but he says that he's not going to do it, you know. And, uh, but how many know, uh, aren't you glad that we serve a God, uh, even though we miss it sometimes, he still sees things in us that we don't see in ourselves. Come on now. And this is why you shouldn't judge too quickly when it comes to people and, and count people out and say, God, I never used them. Come on. Cause if somebody denied you three times, you scratch them all the way off. Come on. Cause we say three strikes, you're out. Hello. Amen. But, but. Jesus saw something in Peter <laughs> that Peter didn't even see in himself. 
Amen. And I'm going to work this text tonight if, as the Holy Ghost helps me. Amen. Come through here tonight. Amen. Luke chapter 22. You there? Verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may what? Sift you as wheat. But I have prayed. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm praying for you. I prayed for you, but what did you pray, Jesus? I prayed that your faith fail not. Lord, have mercy. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And he said unto him, I'm ready to, uh, to go with thee uh, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, amen, the cock shall not crow, amen, uh, this day. Uh, before that thou hast thrice, three times denied that thou knowest me. Praise God. Now, of course, that wasn't, uh, you know, Peter said, no, that, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. And he did just the opposite of that. And uh, I can preach on that, but that's not my text tonight. My text tonight is, is a faith and an unwavering faith. Come on, somebody. And I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him, I'm praying that your faith don't fail you. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight for the integrity of your word. The flower fades, the grass will wither, but it's your word that will stand forever. I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you'll give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, I bind any spirit that will come to try to interrupt the flow of God or interfere. Amen. I bind every spirit of distraction right now or disturbance right now. We cast down imaginations and we pull down strongholds in the name of Jesus and I thank you for free course preaching on tonight and everybody shouted amen. amen praise God just lift your voice and shout faith don't fail me now come on somebody you can be seated in the presence of God now you know there's much that I could preach about as it relates to faith and uh, and I'm learning as I walk with God ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters sometimes as men of God we go back and listen to old tapes of, of our preaching and uh, sometimes we get scared of our own preaching come on somebody can I get a witness in here? Amen. And, and we say things, and sometimes we repeat what we've heard down through the years, and then as we walk with God, ladies and gentlemen, amen, I'm glad that God sees our hearts, and he sees the intention of our heart, and, uh, and our motivations is right. Come on now. Amen. But then there are things, or, or times that we've said things that really don't line up with the scripture. Come on. Have you ever done that before? Praise God. And we made statements over the years that we're going to fight the devil. It's time that we fight the enemy. We fight the devil. Well, you really don't see in the Bible where God says fight the devil. Okay, got quiet right there. Okay. All right. Now, if you, if, you, if you found it, show it to me, all right? But I haven't found it yet. But I tell you what he does say, fight the good fight of faith. Come on, that's the only fight in the Bible that he tells us to fight. Amen. Tell somebody it's a faith fight. That's what it is. So he tells us that because, uh, because that's really what the enemy's after tonight. Now, I want you to just walk with me slowly. And I'm going to get there, and I'm not going to take all night getting there. But I, I'm learning as I walk with God, and, and as many of you have, the devil really don't want your new pickup truck or the boat that you're pulling behind it. Come on, somebody. The devil don't want your house. Come on. He wants this house, the temple. Come on now. He, he, he doesn't want your new car. Amen. He don't really want your job. Come on now. Because the devil ain't working no eight-hour job, but he will work on you. Come on, somebody. Praise God. What I've discovered in my walk with God, the number one thing that the enemy's after is after your faith. Whoo! Just touch your neighbor and tell him he wants your faith. Come on, somebody. Because oftentimes when we get a word from, from the Lord, the first thing that the enemy does, he attacks us in so many ways. But ultimately, amen, he wants you to throw in the towel and he wants you to give up on God and he wants you to stop trusting God. Amen. If he can stop you from trusting God, then you know what? Mission has been accomplished. But I believe in my spirit that many of you that's in this house tonight, you've got a promise over your head and you got a prophecy over your head. Come on, somebody. And the only thing that you 
you're going to have to fight before that thing comes to pass. Amen. you got to fight for your faith to keep holding on and to keep believing God. Come on, somebody. You know that there's a word over your life, but you got to say like, oh, man, amen, Simeon and his wife, Anna. The Bible said they kept going into the temple daily. Amen. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. Hello, somebody. Because when there's a prophecy that has been given, amen, you got to make up in your mind and say like the old man, I won't die until I see the manifestation. Woo, hallelujah. So it's faith that keeps me going in. It's faith that keeps me praying. It's faith that keeps me believing God. Amen. Now, I would venture to say I'm seeing things now come to pass in my life. Listen to this. Prophecies that's been spoken over 25 years ago. And I'm seeing them happen right now. But what, what would have happened if I had thrown in the towel and walked away and quit? Oh, God, I want to I, I help somebody tonight. See, sometimes it takes faith to stand still and wait on God. Oftentimes when we use faith, it's always moving forward and going out and doing something. Come on. But every now and then it takes faith to wait. Come on, can I get a witness here? Some of you waiting on the promises of God right now. But look at your neighbor and tell him, it will come to pass. Yeah, you've heard it over the years, and I'll repeat it, that, that anytime there's a prophecy spoken over your church, over your ministry, over your own personal life, there are three phases of prophecy. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, there is the birthing of a prophecy. Amen. Number two, there is the process of a, of a prophecy. Come on now. And then number three, there's the manifestation of it. Come on. Amen. When it's spoken, amen, that thing is birthed in the atmosphere. And then number two, God has to process the prophecy. Whoa. Even though he said it's going to happen, there's a time limit. Come on. Amen. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, Genesis 8, seed, time, and harvest. Come on, somebody. Amen. Winter and summer, cold and heat, those times are always going to be before us. So, listen, what's the missing ingredients? It's your faith, and that's what the devil's coming after. But somebody got to shout, the devil is a liar. Amen. I'm going to believe God for everything he said I can have. Can, well, okay, let me, let, me, let me try it from this angle. How many's got enough faith right now to praise God like it's already done in your life? Well, I'm going to find my faith crowd in here tonight. I don't see it. Come on, somebody. But I believe it and something tells me I'm closer than what I can see. Woo! Slap somebody high five and tell them you're a whole lot closer than what you think. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, that's why the devil's fighting you the way that he's fighting you because there's something in front of you. Good God, I feel like preaching. I said there's something in front of you, but there's some folk in here like a bulldog on a bone, and you're like, Jacob, I won't let you go until you bless my soul. Woo, God, help me here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, our faith is perfected in the furnace of adversity. And the fact that you're going through what you're going through now is building your faith for the next level in God. Woo, tell somebody there is a shift going on. Come on, somebody. You ought to, amen, make up in your mind tonight that, listen, I'm going to disconnect from, amen, every faithless connection. Uh -huh. Did y'all hear that? Not faithful, but faithless connection. Amen. Every system of faithlessness. Come on now. Amen. And find you some faith friends. I mean faith-filled friends that have the ability to speak into your life. Come on, somebody. My God, amen. I battled between two messages tonight because I was going to preach on the spirit of faith coming through Caleb. Come on, y'all know the text. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 34 or 24, the Bible says, God says, and Caleb had another spirit. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Amen. We ain't just a normal people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those that walk in faith, amen, we're from another world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a faith world. We believe God for things that we can't see. But in our spirit, we know. My God. And when you, anytime you preach or teach on faith, you got to link it with action. Because faith without works. 
is dead. You can tell me you got faith all day long. Come on, somebody. But unless you work your faith out. Look at your neighbor and tell them you got to work your faith. You got to work. You got to work your faith. You, you just can't say, I believe God's going to do it. Come on now. Amen. And just sit back. No, no. Amen. I'm preparing for what God's about to do for me. I wish I had a witness up in here. So now, number one, I got to break faithless connections. Okay. I'm coming, to, I'm coming to where you live now. Amen. You're going to have to disconnect. Hello. From negative people. Hello. My God, listen, hey man, there was 12 spies that Moses sends out, right? Okay, and, and, and they all saw the same thing. Even the negative ones saw, and they said, surely the land flows with milk and honey. Come on, somebody, we can't deny, we've eaten the grapes, we've licked the honey, and we've drank the milk, but the giants of Anak live there. Come on now. And, and we are grasshoppers, amen, in our own sight. Now, wait a minute. My God. They, they oh, Jesus, help me here tonight, Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, it's not what the enemy said about them. It's what they said about themselves. We're as grasshoppers in their sight. How do you know how they view you? Come on, somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, they all saw the same thing, okay, right? They all agreed that there's, you know, milk and honey there. There's grapes. We can't deny that. But here's the problem. They didn't all say the same thing. They all saw it, but they didn't all say it. Only two that was there. The amen that said, we're not just able, but we're more than able. So Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. Come on, somebody. And God told me to tell you that if you're going to operate in faith, you've got to get another spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you've got to get around faith-filled people that have the ability to speak into your life. Come on, somebody. When God has given you a promise, you can't be hanging around folk that's going to kill the promise in your life. Woo, God help us here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, tell your neighbor you, you have an assignment tonight. You got to say goodbye to some things. Come on now. You got you to gotta say goodbye to what's not working. You got to say goodbye to unproductive people and places and things. Come on. You got to say goodbye to fruitless friendships. Hello. Hello. And say goodbye to religion. Say hello to relationship. I wish I had a witness up in here. Ladies and gentlemen, God's about to give some of you sitting in this house a faith connection. Tell somebody, all I need is a faith connection. No, I, I, I need some extra money. No, no. If you get a faith connection, you'll end up with a favor connection. Come on, somebody. Amen. And let me tell you, if you get favor, you don't need money. Praise God. Because if you get favor, oh, God, y'all better get out of here. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I want to prophesy favor over this house tonight. Whatever you've been believing God for, I need you to praise him like it's already here. Woo. Hallelujah. Go find two people that you didn't ride to church with and tell them this is your season of favor. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen. My God, this is your season of favor. Amen. I prophesy Amos 9 over your life. <laughs> Can you say amen? <laughs> Where the plowman shall overtake the reapers. <laughs> Woo. Good God, I feel something stern in this house tonight. Thank you, Lord. You all have no idea what God's getting ready to do in this place. Come on now. Amen. And just lean on somebody and tell them, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. You can be seated. I'm just about finished. Praise God. Amen. This is faith business tonight. You must understand, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Amen. I discovered this some years ago. Amen. That grace is God's grip on you, but faith is your grip on God. Huh. Come on, somebody. How many has got faith in this room tonight? Praise God. Listen. Amen. It was your faith that held you together when everything around you was falling apart. Amen. It wasn't your intellect. It wasn't your degree. Come on, 
somebody. It wasn't your wits. Come on, you got to understand. It was your faith that held you together when everything around you is falling apart. Amen. You can praise God for your car and thank him for your house and thank him for your family. All those things are nice. But for the next 30 seconds, I want to praise him that my faith didn't fail me. Woo! Okay, okay. Some people failed me, but my faith didn't fail me. Come on. And sometimes the church will fail you, but God will never fail you. Can you say amen? And sometimes people get mad and they leave the church. Why are you leaving the church? God didn't do anything to you. Hello. My God, I'm in here to give him glory, to give him honor, and to give him praise. Look, all the things you've gone through, all the hell, all the hurt, all the heartbreaks. Amen. You're still here by the grace of God. And it's your faith that held you together. Oh, God, let me, let me get in, in, into this text right now. Praise God. Now, this is a powerful text because, first of all, most of us would not have chosen Peter. Come on now. Let's just be honest. Come on now. Because he speaks out of turn. He's got a big mouth. Y'all know anybody like that in church? Don't look at him. This is not the time to look at your neighbor. Wink at me. Come on. Thank you, Lord. I know you want to say they didn't come to church tonight. No, a few of y'all are here tonight. Amen. We probably wouldn't have picked Peter. Come on. Amen. He's a fisherman by trade. Come on now. Amen. He denied Christ three times. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Peter, amen, uh, was bodacious. He spoke out of turn. This same Peter, my God, cut off a man's ear acting on impulse. Oh, you hearing what I'm saying? And, 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 but, but Peter loved Jesus. Come on now. And, and, and if you approach Jesus the wrong way, Peter would open up a can on you. A whip. Y'all fill in the blanks. Hallelujah. Some of y'all just got it. Hallelujah. Amen. But I respect Peter. Come on, somebody. Amen. He loved Jesus. He spoke out of turn. Amen. Jesus, uh, he was telling the disciples, he says, you know, I'm going to a cross and I'm going to be uh, left in the hands of, of uh, cruel men and, you know, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm here. And Jesus had to rebuke the devil that was speaking to him. Get behind me, Satan. Come on, somebody. You're an offense unto me. Praise God. Peter was, amen, he was trying to protect Jesus. But Jesus was saying, if I didn't go to the cross, come on now. If I wasn't put in a grave, then on the third day I couldn't, I couldn't get up again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's no death, there's no burial, then there's no resurrection. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it's this same Peter that Jesus had to deal with. But one of the things you have to understand, because in Matthew 16, Amen. And uh, around about 13, the Bible talks about, and Jesus, when he comes to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, amen, he asks his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of God, am? And guess what? They all had a differ of opinion. Some says, I know who he is. He's John the Baptist. Amen. Because of his a style of preaching. When John came preaching, he came preaching repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. And when Jesus came on the scene, he came what? Preaching repentance. Amen. So they said, he's John the Baptist. Somebody else says, no, he's not John. I know who he is. He's Jeremiah. Why Jeremiah? Because Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And when they saw Jesus look over Jerusalem, and the Bible said he's weeping over Jerusalem, saying, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how often would I gather you as a hen gather her youngs, but you would not. You stone the prophets. Come on. And now your city is left unto you desolate. And Jesus wept. So they thought him to be Jeremiah. Somebody else says, no, he's not John the Baptist. He's not Jeremiah. I know who he is. He's Elias. Amen. Why? Because of his demonstrous action on Mount Carmel where he, amen, uh, he tore down the altars and defeated the Baal worshipers. Come on, somebody. And when they saw Jesus go into the temple, amen, and turn over the tables, they says, he's Elijah. Come on now. Because of his demonstrous action. But no, no. Amen. He's not Jeremiah. He's not Elijah. Come on, somebody. And he's not not John the Baptist. And they said, well, he's just one of the other prophets then. But out of all the disciples, Jesus turns around and said, but Peter, whom do you say that I, the son of man, am? How many know? Let me help you, pastors. It's not what other folks say. 
<laughs> Amen. That really matters. I want to know what do you have to say about me? Because you know who I am. And if you go back to the beginning of that text, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Come on, somebody. And so what had happened to cause Jesus to say this, amen, they had been camping out with the Pharisees. And he wanted to make sure that they had not infected them. Because if you're not careful, come on somebody, newcomers can come in the church and you can have an old sourpuss in the church. Hello somebody, amen, an old moth back that's mad at everybody, amen, and can't get along with nobody, amen, and, and they're mad at the preacher, they're mad at the board, I'm preaching right now, come on, and they will butcher the babies that come in the church. That's why you can't let the babies land in anybody's hand. Because as quick as you preach them in here, come on now, amen, you'll have an old devil in here that'll run them out as quick as you can bring them in here. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting right now. Praise God. But I like what he said. Peter, but whom do you say? Amen. It, it doesn't matter what they say. I want to know what you say. Because you've been with me. You know who I am. Come on, somebody. I don't expect them to say anything good about me because they don't know who I am. But you walk with me. You, talk, you saw me open blind eyes. You saw me walk on water. Come on. You saw me calm the storms. Who am I preaching to? Who do you say that I am? Oh, Peter, without hesitation, said, I know who you are. Amen. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, somebody. And Jesus says, blessed are thou, son. Simon, but Jonah, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Woo, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And then he says, Peter, huh, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm giving you the keys? You're going to preach the first message on Pentecost when you're cutting off ears and when you're cussing? Come on, read the Bible. Don't look at me like that. Come on now. And when you're going to deny me three times, you mean to tell me that you're going to be the key man? The devil always fight the key man. Hallelujah. And some of you are in here. I got a word for you tonight. The fact that you've been under an attack. Come on, somebody. Amen. And some of this stuff you can't put your hands on. It's been one attack after another. Could it be? That God is saying you are the key man to the next assignment or the key woman that I'm going to raise up and use. Somebody ought to get happy right there. My God, tell your neighbor, you must be a key person in the kingdom or the devil wouldn't be fighting you the way that he's fighting you. Come on. He's getting ready to use you to unlock doors. He's getting ready to use you to open up doors. He's getting ready to use you, amen, to back the enemy up. God is getting ready to use you. Woo! Hallelujah. And now, this same Peter, come on somebody. Amen. The Lord speaks to him and says, Simon, Simon. Amen. Satan desires to have you. How many know he wants you too? He wants me too. Come on. The devil is not your friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Paul says, we're not ignorant of his many devices. Listen to him. He says, Simon, amen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But you know what? I got good news for you. What's that, Jesus? I prayed for you. What did you pray, Jesus? I prayed that your faith would fail you not. Now listen to this. He didn't pray that the economy wouldn't fail. And we need to pray that it doesn't. Hello. Notice this. He didn't even pray that your health wouldn't fail you. Come on now. He didn't even pray that your finances wouldn't fail you. 
Lord have mercy. That's the opposite of what we pray, isn't it? Oh, God, don't let my finances fail. Oh, God, keep me healthy. Don't let my health fail. And there's nothing wrong with none of those things. But our prayer should be, God, don't let our faith fail. Why? Because when all hell comes against us, my faith will hold me together. Can you say amen? When I get a bad report from the doctor, it's my faith. God, y'all ain't helping me. Somebody give him praise right now and say, Lord, strengthen my faith. Woo, somebody give him praise. Oh, God. Amen. He says that's what he's after. He's after. He don't care about your little denomination. Amen. And all the alphabet that's in front of your name. Come on, somebody. He don't care if you're apostle. He don't care if you're pastor. He don't care if you're doctor, bishop. Come on, somebody. Or rabbi. He don't care. He wants your faith. Woo. But if y'all can just hold on a little bit longer. You're getting ready to see the manifestation of the prophecies that's been spoken over this church. Somebody ought to get happy right now. Ooh, and shout, it will come to pass. Now, there are three things that the enemy come after, and, I'm, and I'll close with this. Number one, he comes after your weaknesses. Come on, somebody. The devil never attacks you at the point of your strength. It's always at your weakness or your weak moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. You need to understand when you watch those animal kingdom shows and animal channels, when you see the lion, they're always looking for the handicap, the broken legs. Come on, somebody. And those that are weak. How many know that's just like the devil? He's as a roaring lion. Walking to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. The enemies after your weakness. Come on, church. Amen. He knows better to attack you in the area of your strength. So he comes after your weakness. Number one. And then number two, he comes after your witness. Because he wants to mar all of our testimonies so that he can lock our jaws so that we can proclaim the name of Jesus. But somebody shout, the devil is a liar. So he hits your character. Come on, somebody. My God, my God, I, I hear you tonight. And he wants to mar your testimony so you can't talk about, amen, where God bought you from and how he delivered you. The devil hates that testimony. You know why? Because there's so many now that's addicted to drugs and alcohol and they can't see their way out. And when they hear a testimony of how the Lord visited you and how he broke the chains off of your life, guess what? It gives hope to them, amen, to everyone in here that's got a brother or sister or son or daughter that's strung out on drugs you ought to be praising God right now because he sent you a witness tonight and if God can do it for him he can do it for them oh come on God sent brother Allen here tonight amen to give you hope don't give up on your children don't give up on your loved ones matter of fact you ought to praise God right now like they're already saved No, no, don't you stop. Take about 30 more seconds and see your son in here. See your daughter in here. See your grandchildren in here. Praise God like it's already done. Come on, I can't hear nobody. Come on, come on. Lord, I thank you for my daughter. I thank you for my son. I thank you for my grandchildren. Come on, somebody. Thank him for your husband. Thank him for your wife. Praise God. I don't care how the enemy have them bound. If God can do it for him, he can do it for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, God, I feel it tonight. Number one, he comes after your weakness. I'm closing. Number two, he comes after your witness. Some of you... Amen. I made some mistakes and didn't use wisdom. Come on, somebody. And you may have fallen, but I got a word for you tonight. A just man falleth seven times, but the Lord will raise him up again. Amen. And I know some of the religious folks won't let you back up. Come on. Amen. They preach restoration, but don't fall because they'll, they'll finish killing you if you do. Can you say amen? But you got to be careful. Amen. Because the area that you judge people in will be the area that you're going to be tempted in. Hello, God didn't call you to be a church detective. It's getting quiet in here now. It's a 24-hour job taking care of your own mess. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. 
Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, it's your weakness, number one. Number two, it's your witness. And, I, and I'll close with this. Number three, the enemies after your worship. Whew. He attacked you in so many ways. Look what happened, Job chapter 1. Amen. Job was a perfect and upright man, one that loved God, eschewed evil. And the Bible said he's the richest man in the, in the land of us. You know the story. Come on, somebody. Praise God. But then there was a conversation. When the sons of God presented themselves, Satan came also. And he began to whisper in the ear of God and said, you know what? That Job serves you for naught. He's only serving you because you blessed him. Come on, somebody. Yeah, he's, he's serving you because he's rich. He's got all of these possessions. He's got a big farm. He's got a big family. Amen. But he says, you know, if I touch him, he'll curse you to your face. But how many know God put a hedge around Job? And yes, the enemy attacked him. Amen. The Bible says his body broke out with balls, not the top of his head to the sole of his feet. But the scripture says from the sole of his feet to the top of his head because the enemy always hits you backwards. Come on, somebody. Y'all to get that later on. Praise God. And for nine months, he rolled in balls all in his body. Praise God. Can you imagine coming home one day and while Job's, amen, his family apparently, amen, they wasn't uh, as close to God as he was because he offered sacrifice every day for his children. Amen. He went to God, amen, and sacrificing. For, read the text. It's in there. Come on. Amen. And then one day, here comes a gentleman and says, hey, Job, amen, all of your farm animals are dead. Not some of them, all of them. Man, your whole form, all of them are destroyed. Then somebody else in the Bible says, while he was giving that report, here comes another one. And say, hey, all your children are dead. It's one thing for my chicken to die, but it's something else for my child to die. You better hear me. Amen. So now he's lost his farm and he's lost his family and his body's broken out with balls. And coupled with all that, his wife says, Hey, maybe you need to curse God and die. Joseph, baby, you sound like one of the foolish women. Come on, somebody. And then Bildad, Eliphaz, and Zophar, they decide to come and see him. And the Bible says, while they're looking at him in his afflicted state, they're saying nothing to Job, but they're whispering to one another. Hello. Apparently, Job's got skeletons in his closet. Hello. And the same people that tell you that, amen, they got skeletons too. Matter of fact, they're so fresh, they got meat on the bone. <laughs> Bump your neighbor and said, I know he's talking about you now. Come on. Okay, it's getting quiet again. Amen. The black people turning purple and the white people turning pink. That's some good preaching right there. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Ain't nobody saying amen but the first lady. Lord, help us, Jesus. <laughs> Listen to me. Praise God. But he comes after his worship. The Bible says when all these things had happened, that Job looked up and said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Job said, I'm not going to lose my focus and I'm not going to get distracted. Amen. He says, I'm wounded, but I can still worship. Hey, come on, somebody. And I want to know, is there anybody in the house tonight that's been wounded in their spirit, but still give God's worship? Come on. You still praise him in your pain. I've learned how to praise him in my pain. But wait a minute, Bishop. Amen. Wait a minute. Amen. I'm in a low place right now. Amen. I've been hit and it knocked my legs out from under me. But God told me to tell you, he deserves a high praise in a low place. Y'all ain't saying nothing. How I many is in a low place, but you're giving God high praise? Whoa. He wants to take your worship away. And he wants you to focus on what you're going through. Instead of what you're going to. But how many know he'll heal you while you're worshiping him? 
Job said, you can take whatever you want to take. Amen. But you know what? You're not going to take the love of God out of my heart. I wish I had a witness up in here right now. There's some people in this church. You've been through hell and high water. You've been hurt. You've had heartbreaks. Come on, somebody. But you're still here by the grace of God. I want to know, where are my worshipers? Woo! Hallelujah. So here's what you got to understand. Tell somebody, it's my faith that helped me together. Amen. In all of this, the Bible says, Job never cursed God, but he worshiped. Man, that don't look like the society we live in now. People blame God for everything. If God's such a loving God, then why did he let me go through a divorce? If God's such a loving God, then why did he let my child die? If God is such a loving God, why did he let my mother die, my father die? Amen. All these things. Amen. But Job says, even when I don't know, I looked on the left side. Come on. And I couldn't find God. And I looked on the right, and I still couldn't find God. Then I just looked up and said, he knows the way that I take. Can you say amen? My God. And I don't know about a lot of things. But one thing I do know, I know my Redeemer lives. Woo, shake somebody's hand like you're going to shake it off and tell them your Redeemer lives tonight. Come on, somebody. Amen. You got to keep faith alive. I know Jesse Jackson said keep hope alive. But no, we got to keep faith alive. Rest on your feet, everybody. Come on to the piano. Dave, come on. Get ready to help us here. Praise God. Amen. I didn't have time tonight to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter, amen, 11. Amen. It's the, the faith chapter. Y'all know the story. By faith, it is impossible to please God. And when you look at this text, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you have to understand, amen, everything was done through faith and by faith. Think about it. Through faith, the worlds were framed. By faith. Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Amen. My, my God, then his brother. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, amen. It's by faith that Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah was moved by faith to build the ark. Even when it wasn't raining. Hello. Not after it started raining, he was moved by faith. To build an ark when they never heard of rain. Amen. Rain never came down. The Bible says in Genesis, a mist came up from the earth. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And watered the ground. It came up, but rain had never come down. Find it in the Bible. It's not there. But he was moved by faith to build an ark. And people talked about him like a dog. What are you talking about building an ark? It's never rain. What, what, what is rain? Now, God is going to speak to many of you all. And one of the things you have to understand, that when he gets ready to shift you to another, another level, you better make sure you got next level people around you. Because they'll mock you while you're building your ark. But you got to keep on building. Because it's being done by faith. Hallelujah. Well, I don't see any rain. That's all right. I heard God say build it. And here's what he told me to tell you tonight. That he sent me here by the power of the Holy Ghost to awaken your faith. David talks about in the book of Psalms. He says, my spirit is lit like a candle. And you know what? I believe God's getting ready to light your spirit all over again. He's going to awaken your faith. Because faith without works is what? It, it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. Lift your hands up and say, I get faith to love again. Faith to live again. Faith to fight again. Some of y'all need faith to start all, all over again. Huh? I'm talking about a faith that's beyond your circumstances. I'm talking about a faith that will sustain you in troubled times. 
Come on, I'm talking about a faith that won't be distracted or disturbed. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a faith that won't take no for an answer. Grab somebody's hand right now. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You know, years ago, one thing about the old faith preachers, they put faith down in our spirit. And Oral Roberts used to make a statement when they were believing God for something. He called it the pace of faith. Anybody ever heard him say that? In his lifetime, the late Oral Roberts, he would talk about the pace of faith. Faith, faith has a pace to it. Amen? So whether you're in a slow pace or fast pace, but I'm here tonight to stir up your faith. Because if you got faith, you can believe God for anything. Wow. We had just built a new church. There was a tornado about an hour away from us. And after building the new church, we had built a, a restoration center for men and women struggling with substance abuse. Well, after that tornado, we drove down took a van down to help those people that homes had been ripped apart in Carothersville, Missouri. We got down there, the news station, everybody was there, and, and it was almost 100-degree weather, and they had some of the displaced people in a warehouse. And some of the people they had that were on dialysis, and they were sweating, and, I mean, so, I mean clothes was, was wet because there was no air conditioner in these facilities and you walk outside you would almost faint they had fans blowing and it was just blowing hot air so a part of our staff was with me and I said we're taking some of these people home and they said well where are we going to put them the hotels are filled here and uh, we said we'll put some in hotels and, and then the rest we'll just take home and we're going to put them in our restoration center one of our staff said you're going to put homeless people with drug addicts? I said, yeah, we are today. Because how many know you have to do what you have to do? I said, every empty room we have, we're going to fill it with these families. And you know what? People started coming. And, man, we filled that place up. And uh, the Lord spoke to me to build a homeless shelter. and Because uh, there was none in our city at that time. And, and so... The Holy Spirit just spoke to me one night. I called a meeting the next day, and I said to our staff, the Lord spoke to me last night, and we're going to build a homeless shelter. Well, we just about built a $3 million church, and we didn't want to incur any additional debt. But how many know when God speaks to you to do something, you got to obey God? They're like, wait a minute, Bishop. The paint is not even dry on the walls yet. From the new sanctuary, you're talking about building. Well, the, the short of it is this. I stood up one Sunday and said, the Lord said that if we build it, that by the time we complete it on dedication day, it'll be debt free. Well, people didn't know what to clap or what. They just said, okay. Because <laughs> all they could see was we just built a restoration center and a new church. And you're talking about building something else. But I heard the Lord say do it. And I don't always put a number on it, but the Holy Spirit, I, it come up and come out, you know. He says, by the time you dedicate it, it'll be debt free. Well, let me tell you what happened. The day of dedication. In fact, I come in that Saturday. And, uh, and when I walked in the office, I think our, our school was going on at that particular time. And I saw all these awards laying on the desk. And I said to Dr. Jackson, I said, uh, what's, what's, I said what's all the trophies? And this young lady works in, in our office. And I said, what's all the uh, trophies here for? Uh, and they said, it's for dedication. I said, oh, I thought that was next week. They said, it's tomorrow. And my heart started. And the devil said, you said, God said. How many know he's the accuser of the brethren? 
And I had to rebuke the devil right there in the office. I said, shut up, devil. It ain't 3 o'clock yet. Sunday's not here yet. So I get up the next morning. We had a great service. And man, the service, evening service started at 3 o'clock. And, and the devil, now, right after we had a great service, you better tell the people because you don't have the money. And I had to rebuke the devil in my mind while I'm giving altar call and praying for people. And I said, shut up, devil. It ain't 3 o'clock yet. See, that's how you got to talk to the devil. We get there. We had the attorney general there and the governor. They are all there. And some of our state reps. It was all because it was like the, one of the first uh, shelters that was being built in that area. We took an old church and renovated it. Phil, Dr. Phil, you've been there. You stayed there several times. And, uh, and I remember about five minutes till three, there was a prominent businessman that showed up. And he walked over to me. He says, Dr. Webb, I'm sorry. We can't stay for the duration of this, uh, your ceremony today, your dedication, because we had another obligation. But do you mind if we just take a, just a quick peek through? I, I looked at my watch. It was 5 to 3. I said, well, it's going to be quick. I said, because we start at 3 o'clock. And we just walked through. And he walked in. He says, wow, y'all put a lot of money in this place. And he says, Wow. And the rooms were nice. We had new beds and new furniture. And, I mean, it was a nice little place. And he says, this must have cost y'all thousands of dollars. I said, yes, it did. Hallelujah. And he says, if you don't mind, do, would you mind telling me how much you owe on it? I said, absolutely not. I'll be glad to tell you. So I told him what our balance was. And he looked at his wife and he says, honey, did you bring your checkbook? Well, I peeped in her purse. Come on, somebody. I didn't mean to. I saw some double mint gum. I said, Lord Jesus, let this check. I saw some lipstick and some perfume. Come on, somebody. But I was looking for a checkbook. She went to digging in that suitcase. That's when I said, yes, Lord. I prophesied that checkbook. Come on, somebody. And she says, oh, yes, honey, here it is. He says, write the check and pay it off. And I looked at my watch, Pastor. It was one minute till three. Shaba! Monday! Oh, Monday! Woo! Whatever you believe in God for, he says, turn your prayer into a prize. One minute till three. They wrote the check and paid it all. But I had to believe God until the bitter end because I heard God say, if you build it, the day of dedication, it'll be debt free. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who, who God sent me here to build your faith tonight. And I don't know what you've been believing God for, but some of you in this church right now, amen, you have the means to pay off what needs to be paid off for the next move of the ministry. You're waiting on a rainy day, baby. It's been raining all week. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Amen. And, you, and I lose finances in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over the building. Thank you, Jesus.